Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. On the Record with White House correspondent April Ryan. I'm April Ryan with On the Record. Uh, Siobhan, could you give me your name and title as you would prefer it, please? Absolutely. Siobhan Arline Bradley. I'm the co-founder of the Health Equity Cipher and president of Reach Beyond Solutions, a public health executive leadership firm based in the state of Maryland. Siobhan, we've had this virus in our lives. I guess, you know, they call it COVID-19 since so it started last year. But here in the United States, we started hearing about it in late January, February, if you will. February, That's I guess right. we put the hold right. on it. Mm-hmm. And now we're in April. We didn't get ahead of it. Um, but now we're in April and we are home. Uh, the vast majority of the nation, we're on stay-at-home orders uh, because of this pandemic, this deadly pandemic, this deadly virus. And at first we were saying that it was the elderly population. Then we started hearing it's um, for anyone. Then we started hearing densely populated communities, um, homeless shelters, nursing homes and prisons. But now we're starting to see stats that it's disproportionately affecting underserved communities, particularly black and brown America. Could you Mm -hmm. speak to that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity, April. This uh, platform is so important because what we're finding is that in many cities that are densely populated and majority African-American cities or high percentage of African-American population, we are seeing a wave and influx of cases. Take cities like New Orleans, Louisiana, Chicago. Folks don't really realize this, but Milwaukee also has a very large black population. Uh, New York City, of course. These cities are not only densely populated, but we are seeing an influx in black death and black what we call incidents or new cases. And so the challenges that we're finding in April are that this is so connected to access to care, access to jobs that gives us access to health care, all of those areas in our world we call this social determinants of health, meaning what in our social lives has affected our ability to have healthy outcomes. So at the end of the day, um, you have states who are watching, who have densely populated communities, um, or not even densely populated communities, just across the nation. You have states trying to get a hand on this. but. But at the end of the day, you know, you have states like Maryland, um, where you have uh, a state delegate by the name of Nick Mosby, who is very upset. He's trying to get the numbers. They won't give the numbers uh, as he is concerned about testing in our community, as he's hearing about the numbers of, of black and brown people dying uh, in a disproportionate rate. And he they won't give him the information. Mm-hmm. How important is it for us to have this information? Let me say this, April. Without the information, we cannot make the case on who's affected most, why they're affected, and how we change the way they're affected. In public health, we collect data across the board. Now, let me just be clear. Every state is collecting data. (laughs) The question is who's releasing the data, what we call stratified or aggregated by race. 
That's the real question. And when we don't answer the request of our state delegates, in, in, in my mind, that is a direct uh, response to how we are valuing what I say black lives. Are we valuing the ability to tell the full story of who this is affecting and why it is? States like Illinois, Michigan, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, they are all collecting the same data, but they are also releasing the data, and they are showing it by race, ethnicity, gender, etc. If a state is choosing not to collect, I'm sorry, release the data by race, we got to then ask the question, why? Why, why is it not important for you to understand? Because it, it tells us the full social story. Years of discrimination, this idea of racism in health is nothing new. Hundreds of years have been studying this thing. But now, in this polarized political time, we cannot afford not to collect this data because we won't be able to tell the full story of who it affected and why. Huh. Can you give me as much of a breakdown as you can right now um, of the race uh race uh, on this on the deaths and those contracting and those even tested because we understand Milwaukee has crazy numbers the first eight people were black who died in the, in, in the city of Milwaukee yeah I was able to find a little bit of data particularly on Chicago and in Milwaukee Milwaukee right now has over 50% of their cases again that's cases only they've been tested positive and then of those that have died 81% were African-Americans. Uh, so I, I want your listeners to understand by number, April. Eight out of the ten people that died from this virus in that city were black people. So this is these are the kind of 70% deaths in Chicago. Uh, we, we've got numbers like almost, almost half of the deaths in the state of Michigan. Blacks. And what are the cities in Michigan? Detroit. I mean, these are what we call our black meccas. These were the places. Flint. These are our areas. And, and, and look at the history, April. After we saw the great migration, what cities did black people go to? Chicago. Yeah. Detroit, <laughs> New York, right? They 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 set up, they went north and they congregated in these cities. And over the history of our country, we've seen a massive amount of gentrification now, pushing certain people out of their communities because of lack of economic opportunity. So, Siobhan, what does that mean? That means that money and access is connected to your ability to be healthy or even live in this country. And that's the kind of data that we're tracking right now. So as we're talking about North, let's talk about the South where you have more, yeah. most of your African-Americans, most of your African-American population, 58% of the South, 58% um, of African-Americans are in the South. What, you, what is your fear? What is your concern? What do yeah. you know about blacks in the South with this deadly virus? Well, I know a lot of this is cultural, right? The, the Southern culture is, and really black culture in general, is a communing culture. We fellowship. We fellowship by faith. We fellowship by connection. We eat when someone dies. We eat when someone gets married. That's our connection. What I'm finding is that culture in black communities, particularly in the deep south, has caused some people to still congregate and go to church. Uh, we saw a pastor who was in Baton Rouge had over a thousand people and many of his congregants were black parishioners. And so my biggest concern is disregarding what people think is a, the other people's disease. That's happening in New York. We're not New York. We're not Chicago. When in essence, you are the epicenter of the truth about black 
health in this country in the Deep South. Black health in the Deep South exposes all of the challenges we've had with access to jobs, access to uh, transportation, the ability to get the kind of health care that we need. And I'm going to tell you one more thing about the South. The South is peaking later than the other cities because of the way that the virus has shown up. Look at New Orleans. That's where I went to college. That's where I went to Tulane University. New Orleans just had Mardi Gras in February. And what you're seeing, particularly in black culture of New Orleans, is that those crews, those folks that are on those floats, black crews are beginning to see massive amount of fatalities in their crews. Why? Because of the physical distancing that did not happen. So I am concerned about the South getting the information and actually responding to these stay-at-home orders late. And, I'll, you know, a great example was Alabama when the governor said, that's not our problem. And then she had to turn back around and retract her statement. And so I am concerned about brothers and sisters in the South who are not getting the support. And quite frankly, we're not getting clarity on all the race data in every state in the South. Some are. North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina have said yes, they'll release the data. Others have not. This virus is not discriminating, but the health care no. system, the health care system, um, critics contend does. Uh, yeah. What do you say to our brothers and sisters who are listening right now? Yeah. Um, Let me, yeah, that's a great question. Uh-huh. And I, I hope if I can, April, can I deal with the myth? Yeah, deal with the myth. Talk, speak. <laughs> i got to talk about this yeah. thing. When we started the conversation about the virus, there was this massive response that black people don't get this thing. Look at Africa. Look at the continent. Well, let me just help my people who are from here. Nay, none of us that are African-American were born on the continent have had the same vaccinations as persons that were born and raised on the continent. It is a different experience. There's a lot of factors in understanding why Africa, the continent, has not seen as many cases as others. One around travel people that come in and out of the continent to do massive amounts of business. They've not come from Asia often. They've not come from Europe. But where do they go? The United States, China. These are those what we call economic epicenters. The other thing is that, and again, we're, this is still early. We do not know if these drugs, particularly anti-malaria drugs, are effective. That is not confirmed. But there seems to be some potential promise. We do not know that. So to my brothers and sisters listening, do not fall into the myth. Black people can do and die from coronavirus. I want to be very clear about that. The second thing is this. Um, I want black people to understand that many of our cultural experiences as young people are going to help us. Let me give you an example. Abel, you're not going to test this. We have mamas <laughs> that cleaned religiously. Yes. This idea of cleaning your countertops is not new for a black household that I know. <laughs> Grandmama kept clean kitchens. Well, that's the same for the entire house now. Clean countertops with bleach wipes, Clorox. You want to clean those surfaces. Uh, things you forget about. The remote control, mm-hmm. the doorknobs. Wipe them down with wipes and then discard those wipes immediately. The doorbell, the doorbell, the mailbox, the the mailbox. You you don't even think about that. Your keys. Yes. Right? You go to the, you go, people, you do have to go to the grocery store. Yes, you should be bringing your wipes, wipe off that cart. (laughs) Wipe down those boxes. Dr. Sanjay Gupta said when you bring those boxes in the house, wipe those boxes down. Or leave them outside. Leave them outside and then. And then what? Right, and then, and then discard. <laughs> throw away the bags. Oh, trust me, I'm with you on this. Yes. 
this is our, this, and this is what our people do. This is why I said, listen, brothers and sisters, the reason why we're seeing um, so many challenges is that everybody's not getting the same information either. That's what right. about this technology divide? have internet, check the internet. Wait a minute, that's not everybody's experience either. So we're making sure we're trying to push people to re-get text messaging out, text health alerts, so people know through their phones. Make sure you're washing your hands. And listen, I've been saying this all along, Before I Let Go is the best song to sing while you're washing your hands. You need 20 straight seconds. <laughs> Hum it to yourself, that intro. Whoa, whoa, that's your intro. Do the whole intro to wash your hands between your fingers, between your fingernails, and then teach the children to sing a song. Happy Birthday is a 20-second song. Help your kids understand. It's their hygiene and your hygiene. And listen, April, if you're listeners, if we go outside, you go outside, you take those clothes off immediately upon entering your home and wash them. Yeah. Because we don't know who we're encountering. So I needed to deal with that myth. No, black people are not immune. That is a, a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> and we need to make sure we're clear. So, you know what, Siobhan, you have made me say to myself while we were sitting here, I'm thinking about certain songs that I like, about <laughs> Beyonce, Get Me Body, or, you Get know, or singing some Stevie Wonder, something, or some of the kid, my kids' songs, you know, and we're, yeah. we're working, I mean, and it's a slow process, you know, my kid came in from running, and she came in later, I said, no, you don't, get up out the bed right now, go change, change your clothes, she said, but Ma, I said, it's a different day, baby, and I said, it's not you, but we have, to, I want you to live, and I want us to be together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm even wa- I'm even washing down with Clorox my steering wheel when I get in there the car, my doorknob on my car door. Um, I'm wearing gloves, and they're now telling us we need to wear masks. If you don't yeah. have masks, if you can sew, make something that covers your face and your mouth. That's and right. they even they even have bandana tutorials with yes, um, the do. little rubber bands to make put it around your mouth. And no, t-shirts, t-shirts, yes. Yes, and, and we need to make sure, April, that this faith conversation comes out. You know I'm a preacher. This is what I want people to also remember. Do not use the church as the crutch, please. You should not be congregating at the congregation's walls. You should not be going to the mosque. We should not be gathering for faith worship at this point in time. This is how we see massive spreads of this virus because of that kind of close contact. That doesn't mean you're not have you do not have faith. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It means you have clarity. That God gives us clear minds right. to understand to adhere by rules to save lives. The I Lord to told us that. right. The Lord told us to fellowship <laughs> one to another. But you know what? I saw a, a family member, Karen Boykins Towns, friend of yours, yeah. my cousin. They did their in-home communion, and That's I said, right. you know, and I and I. I like that. But not only that, what I saw, um, and I talked to Bishop um, Paul S. Morton, P.J. Morton's daddy. Um, I talked to him, and he said something so poignant. A lot of times, if you don't, you know, there's so many services that are on the radio. If, If we don't have the internet, we've got the radio. On Sundays, you can hear preachers on the radio go to an AM dial then on top of that um, you do have your streaming service but most importantly at the end of the day Bishop Morton said if your pastor is telling you to come to church it's wrong he said he said number one the Bible talks about thou shalt not kill that's right and that's true we cannot congregate right now because of safety concerns. But he, there's a lot of stuff he said, and I encourage everyone to listen to that podcast that I did with him. But this is a serious time, and it does not challenge the fact that you don't love the Lord. You know, I had my spiritual worship 
um, in my house Saturday. I was I was getting my gospel. I was jumping over a pew. I was listening to Leandra. Leandra. Um, what's her name? I can't remember her last. Leandra Johnson. Leandra Johnson. And, and Donald Lawrence. Um, yeah. Uh, Deliver me. Deliver you know, me. That's a perfect song for There are different ways that you can worship. You don't have to be with a group of people. You can worship one to another. Have your own. My family gets on the phone and, and they have uh, prayer. They, they used to do prayer. Um, uh, week uh, monthly prayer. Now we do it on the phone, you That's know, right. or, or FaceTime in prayer. And I, after I get off the phone with you, I'm going to have a family conference call with all my aunties who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, That's and right. talk to them. I'm gonna, everybody's going to get somebody on the phone, and I'm going to talk to them about what we need to do and what you have to do and what you should be doing coming up, because we have to one to another. That's fellowshipping. We have That's to right. help people survive. And what is it? I'm going back to church. I need you. You need me. What's his name? Um, that's Kyle Walker, Walker. Karen, mm-hmm. Karen's neighbor across the street. Um, I need you to survive, you know. So we That's need right. each other right now to survive. And I don't know if you know this, but you're part of my podcast. So <laughs> this Shout is my podcast. podcast this is my podcast for the week. So and, I mean, do it for the week. But this and is you know great what? information. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, my good friend, one of the cipher co-founders, his name is Daniel Dawes. He wrote a book that just came out called The Political Determinants of Health. Mm-hmm. Your listeners need to see this because mm-hmm. it talks about even how politics has affected access to health care. Mm-hmm. And what community do you think that affects the most? Us. Us that have had all the laws that put in writing that we are three-fifths of a person. Mm-hmm. We've got to see the connection that goes from slavery to now. There's no way we get over this, April. Mm-hmm. The coronavirus has exposed what we've known for 450 years almost. And that is that we are at the bottom of many total poles, but we're not at the bottom of God's. And I'm excited about what is coming on the other side of this virus, because I believe we will get to the other side. But as long as we take care of each other, we want to be alive to see it. Most definitely. Siobhan, I appreciate you. This was awesome. I appreciate you, Masar. I love you. I appreciate Masar, your work. Yes, thank you. I think... I. I think our listeners um, are going to have a better understanding and handle on this. I mean, we are always at the bottom rung of everything, but we have to get a handle on our lives and protect our lives. But last question, what would you, after all of this is said and done, knowing the numbers, I mean, these early numbers in these early states are already showing something. Mm -hmm. Where we are, that's where we're dying, it looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you want? I mean, I talked to Karen Bass saying uh, the head of the Congressional Black Caucus. She said once they get the numbers, they're going to know how to uh, focus in on how to help our people, be it testing or, or, or be it with health care issues and, and create legislation or what have you. But what would you say to the president who was late to the table on this? If you had a chance to talk to him, what would you say to the president? Well, first I will open a word of prayer so that I don't say anything crazy. And then, <laughs> let me tell you, listen, it's the truth. And then I would say, Mr. President, we are in unprecedented times. And it is no time for political stunts. Right now, you are, it is war. Now, this is where I agree with him. This is a war. We are fighting an enemy that has been spreading across the country at rates and with minimal amounts of knowledge. And we're learning new things every single day. I tell him, reinvest. Reinvest in infrastructure. Remove some of the federal bureaucracy barriers. Um, I would also say to him, please let Dr. Fauci talk all the time. 
Did I say it? Can I say that again? <laughs> Please let the infectious disease leader who now has had death threats <laughs> because he's been telling the truth. Please use your leadership. Dr. Jerome Adams, I know him very well, Surgeon General of the United States. Utilize your medical leaders who are what we call in government apolitical. Meaning they do not have a political affiliation, but they have a political responsibility. I don't care about the Democrat and Republican. I care about the human. And that's what I would say to him. Change your investment strategies. Put money into the stimulus. Continue doing stimulus work for low-income families, for families that have businesses, families that are middle-income. And, yes, invest in education. Hello, moms and dads homeschooling that don't have access. You tell people to go online. We've had thousands of people tell us they don't even have the ability to get their kids online. Let's reinvest in that infrastructure. And I promise you this, April, after this is over, I'm going to let him know that the movements are coming back stronger. Healthcare movements, education movements, labor movements. I would tell him and warn him, get ready, because the people are going to rise up now that we know what the gaps are in this country. I think I think people are ready. I think people are also looking for a change, because once you hit someone personally, Ooh. and it's not just someone, not just one group, the whole nation, when you hit yeah. the whole nation financially and just their way of life people get upset and when it's for the long haul that's why he wants everything to be reopened now and you know it'll be interesting to see what happens in November Um, it will be interesting because people tried this experiment if you have no clue in governance and how to deal and you put people in place who have no clue there's not there's not a crisis manager at the White House right there's not a crisis manager at this White House, but that's a whole nother story. And this is not hating on a president, but this no. is the reality of life as we know it. And people need to speak truth so people understand this. We've had epidemics. We've seen SARS. We've seen so many things. We've seen Ebola. It never was like this with other leaders yeah. who understood and had people who were competent around them. When you have incompetence at the head and around you, this is what you get. And that's all I'm going to say. And if, if they I ask can. if I said he was incompetent, yes, I did. And <laughs> I've been there for four presidents and questioned four presidents. And it's not hate, but this is reality. Siobhan, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, thank you for the information. Um, you know, we need to look at this health health equity cipher. Where can we find out more information? Absolutely. We are at www.healthequitycipher.com. You're going to see my colleague and I, hospitalists, some doctors, lawyers, uh, public health professionals, faith leaders, five of us that have decided that black lives do matter uh, and in any sector. So healthequitycypher.com. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter as well. We're out here doing this work because we are called and assigned by God to do it and called and assigned by our mamas and daddies who would get on us if we didn't do the right thing. Our so, ancestors thank you. are calling out for us to help. <laughs> yes, we, they are. They, they dreamt for us to be in this place and we cannot let them down because we have That's to continue. Right. Amen. Siobhan, so worth Thank you so sis. much. Love you. Take Appreciate care. You. Thank you. All right. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.